You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow us, Bright City Church, on Instagram. Today's message is from Jess Conley. Good morning, Bright City. How y'all doing? Okay, okay. Good morning, Bright City. Hey, I'm Jess. I am thrilled to be an owner and a leader here at Bright City. Pastor Nick is actually at another Bright City today. We have friends who also lead a Bright City church in Raleigh-Durham, and he is there preaching this morning, which has been an incredible experience for him. And when I say incredible, I mean like kind of rough. Yesterday, he had a a 13-hour travel day to get to Raleigh, which is a real situation. But so we're praying for him. We've sent him and the authority that is his for the taking in Jesus' name. I'm going to dive into our message, and and by doing that, I'm going to start by telling you guys something that I wonder if some of y'all have in common with me. This is, this is, I don't know if it's a weird thing or a normal thing, but I am very interested in other people's jobs. Does anybody else get this a little bit? I always want to know the mechanics of how other people's jobs work. So if, if we've ever talked, if you and I have ever had coffee or a meal, I've probably asked you some weird specifics about your job. I, I, want to know, like, the, I want to know the big stuff of it, like what do you value and what do you do and how much do you work. But I also want to know the silly stuff, like when do you drink coffee? Do you drink coffee? Do you get breaks? Um, my friend Kristen is a licensed therapist, so sometimes I have to ask her questions, and she's like, that's a HIPAA violation. You can't ask me that. Like, don't ask me. I'm like, it's so interesting. I just want to know. If you've never talked to Nikki about um, her and Tony's job, I think it's the most interesting job in the world. My friends who are nannies, I want to know, like, do you do a rhythmic diaper change? I, I just want to know everything about people's jobs. I think it's very interesting. I'm just hearing how different people work and their rhythms of work. I think it's compelling, and it makes me get to know my friends better. And with that being said, I want to tell you a little bit about what I do in case um, you don't know. You probably don't. So um, my actual job, I get to be on volunteer staff here at the church, but my actual job that I do for a living is that I'm a coach. Um, And I have no sports um, knowledge whatsoever, so don't think Sports. It's not that. Um, I don't know anything about sports. I actually realized that God had made me to be a coach in this wild season that Nick and I lived where we ran a maternity home in Seattle, Washington. We had six pregnant teenagers live with us at a time um, where we would just kind of live with them and nurture them through their pregnancies. And during that time, you can imagine, number one, we went through a lot of ice cream. And number two, we, I also got to be in a lot of births. And so it was a really beautiful experience for me. I got to be just in birth after birth after birth with these wild, faith-filled, you know, just kind of terrified teenage girls. And I realized in that season that I loved coming alongside people who were doing something very hard and saying, like, you've got this. Let's do this. Come on. God's mighty in you. And so it was through that that I realized, I think I want to turn this into a job. And so I coach in a variety of different ways. I coach through writing. I coach through teaching. I do, like, online group coaching with other people who want to step into their callings in different ways. Um, But one of my favorite ways that I actually get to do my job is that now I get to train other coaches. I get to train other people who want to do what I do in various ways. And so my business developed a licensing program. This is all very nerdy and probably not interesting to you, but we developed a licensing program to train other people to be coaches. 
Um, If you've ever come across an encounter with like a really cheesy life coach, that's what we want to help people avoid. We don't want people to do that. We want people to really like do this in a beautiful and and helpful way. And so we train other coaches. That being said, it's one of my favorite parts of my job because you can imagine when you get coaches all together, it's one of the most life-giving experiences ever. They're just all like, I believe in you. You're amazing. God's mighty in you. Let's keep going. We, we train our coaches once or twice a year, and that room is always electric, and it's, it's too much. Like, you don't want to get in there if you've got any kind of defeat because they will talk it out of you. It's, it's a really beautiful experience. But that being said, I want to tell you about this day in the life of my work a few days ago. One of my coaches had emailed me, and, she, and again, she's one of my coaches. This is what she does. She helps other people take the next step in their calling, in their work. And so she called me and she said, hey, I need to have a quick session with you. Um, I'm just working through some defeat. I was like, sure, girl, you got it. And so, you know, just in case you're curious about the mechanics for me, I, it's the end of summer and I have four kids. And so I was not like at a desk typing. I was actually folding laundry with my AirPods in talking to her on the phone because that's the only way I could make that work. And so I'm folding laundry and I'm talking to her and she's like, hey, I'm just a little defeated. I'm a little discouraged. Like here, here's why X, Y, and Z. Um, and she's talking to me about it. And I let her just talk. Sometimes people just need to talk, right? Amen. I let her talk for a second. And then I said, here's the deal. Um, you could call like 10 people right now who would tell you like, oh, this is hard. I'm so sorry. Um, I, yeah, ouch, like bummer. What a, what a hard thing. And I was like, but you didn't call those 10 people. You called me, right? And she was like, right. I was like, so you called me to be your coach, right? And she was like, I did. I was like, okay, well, buckle up. Um, and so I just said like, hey, sister, you cannot quit because we haven't even gotten started yet. And I, I know this impasse that you've hit is difficult, but who told you it was going to be easy? And I, and I want to ask you, like, who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for God? Are you doing it for other people? Were you doing it so it would be all sunshine? Because if not, you should, I mean, like, what are we even doing? I said, I love you. I know it's hard. There's not even an option. Like, we're, we're not quitting. We're going to keep going. Let's take the next step. And, and I, I felt the authority. I felt the freedom to do that with her because I actually 110% believe that this thing that God has called her to is real. Um, and more than that, more than I even believe in her, I believe in the God in her. And so I, I know her story, right? Um, and it doesn't matter if I know her capacity or even her exact situation. I have this real ability to come alongside her and say, like, this is in you. This is in you. This is where it gets good. Let's do this. And I give you that entirely long preamble because that is the spirit with which I come to you today. And I want you to be ready to receive it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, for your truth, for your wisdom. And we thank you for your word. We, we want our, our spirits renewed and empowered and equipped, not just by your truth and by your wisdom, but Lord, we do want that. But we really actually want to have an experience with the spirit of God today. We want to have a a tangible, palpable, undeniable experience with you, Holy Spirit. And so we ask just with all the boldness that we can muster up in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, be gentle but complete. Give us what we need. Give us more than we need. Just because you're generous. 
We love you. Amen. We ready? Okay, okay. It's week three of the Breath of God series. We're actually going to finish it today. And so, Lord have mercy, we could really spend more than three weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. We could spend the rest of our lives talking about the Holy Spirit. But we believe that as we take these little snippets of wisdom and truth and we start to live them out, we're going to experience more of God's truth and more of God's power in community and in our personal lives. But the first week, we really talked about God creating us with the breath of God. Powerful, powerful message. If you haven't heard it, listen to the podcast. Last week, Nick talked to us about um, the dry bones rattling and how often we stop short of what God really wants to do when we start to hear the rattle, but there's so much more for us when we press into the Spirit actually making us new. And today, we're going to talk again about the breath of God, but we're going to talk about how the breath of God empowers and equips us in the world. And so we're going to be today in John 20. John 20 happens to be my actual favorite chapter in the Bible. Um, Mine went missing from my Bible because I was flipping to it so much I have to actually just read it from the internet. Um, And we're going to be looking at a few short verses in John 20, verses 19 to 22. If you want to turn there, if you want to open it on your phone, Um, But I want to set it up for you before I even read them to you. This is John 20. This is after Jesus Christ has been crucified, has been buried for three days, and has now been resurrected. This is actually right after Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles, the person who would first see the resurrected body of Jesus. Mary has seen him. John and Peter have raced to the tomb. John later tells us that he's faster than Peter um, on the foot race, which is just why scripture is hilarious and cute. Um, And John also continually tells us that Jesus loves him more, which is also cute. Um, And so what happens is John and Peter know something's up. Jesus' body is not there, but they don't actually see resurrected Jesus. Mary Magdalene does. She goes and says, like, hey, he's alive. None of them know what this means. We are listening to this in such a different context because we're so used to the story of a resurrected Jesus. But for all of these humans, we need to read this in context to understand this was their friend and hopeful savior. They they had this hope in him, but he had already kind of let them down. He wasn't the political leader that they thought they wanted. He had died. He had actually physically died. They had watched him be killed, and now they have gone into hiding because they are terrified about their even connection to him. They don't know what to think. They don't have this context that you and I have. Like, it's okay, he's coming back, no big deal. And so wild things, I cannot, I cannot implore you enough to read John 20, even a little, read John 21. Um, read it just over and over again. It's so interesting. Jesus does some wild things. He literally like pops in and out of rooms at one point. It's crazy. But here's what's about to happen is that they're locked in, the, in this upper room, the disciples are. They're terrified of what's going to happen to them, and Jesus comes. So I'm going to read these verses. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, no doubt. 
Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me just say it in normal words if, if the Bible trips you up. Disciples, terrified. Jesus, seemingly dead. Mary, They don't really believe her. They think she might be nuts. They're hiding in a room. They're scared of what's going to happen to them. Jesus appears behind locked doors to them and says, like, I'm here. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. I am sending you. Now, in context, what would happen is that he would spend more time with them. He would even do more miracles with them. He would keep teaching them in his resurrected body before he would be taken to heaven in front of their very eyes. And then we experience the book of Acts where they experienced the Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders began to happen. The early church forms. Wild stuff starts to happen. But right here, it's just Jesus in a room with them saying, peace be with you. Peace be with you. I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. How much would you guys pay to have this moment right now? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, take all my monies. Take all my future monies to put me in a room with Jesus right now. To hear him say, peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. I know that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I know when we talk about being sent, to some degree, I am preaching to the choir, right? Like, you are the people of God. If this is your first time in church, you're super welcome. But so many of you, this is not your first time in church. You've heard these stories. You've heard stories about Jesus. You've heard talk of Holy Spirit. You've heard talk about being equipped and empowered. You've heard that you're sent. Um, But one of my favorite phrases is, why do you preach to the choir? To get them to sing? Why do you preach to the choir to get them to sing? So why do we go back to this message over and over and over again? Because it empowers and equips us in a new way, and it helps us experience the exhilarating reminder that this is what we get to do. So if we're going to these few verses and we're saying, what do we need to know about the breath of God empowering and equipping us and sending us out in the name of Jesus? What do we need to see from this? What do we need to learn from this? I want to tell you, point one is the most encouraging to me, and it's this, that before the sending, before the empowering, there is the peace and proof of Jesus. We need the peace and proof of Jesus. Let me tell you why this is great news. Does anyone else, I know we've been talking about it for a year and a half, but like, let's keep talking about it. Does anyone else feel like the world's on fire? It's literally on fire. Here's the crazy news. It was on fire before March 2020. We just, we were placated into pretending that it wasn't. It's been on fire. We've been this fragile. People have actually really hated each other this much the whole time. It's just now it's so much more clear. And, and, and the dangers for so many people are brought so much more to the surface. The, the tenderness and the, and the fragility that all of us are experiencing is just heightened. Um, but the actual world is on fire. So the reason why this encourages me so much is because part of our sending is receiving the peace and proof of Jesus. Let me explain it really clearly. You can't get the peace of Jesus unless you feel chaotic. 
You can't get the peace of Jesus unless there's something to need peace from. If we were all walking around thinking life was tidy and good and blessed and easy and no big deal, our sense of peace would actually be more about privilege and things going really well for us. It wouldn't be about the deep, rooted, eternal peace that comes from seeing a world on fire and knowing that it's the eternal truth that it's going to save us. The great news is this. If we need the peace and proof of Jesus, the peace can still come in the midst of the chaos, and actually that's when it means the most. Now, here's what I love about the proof of Jesus, that he says, like, look, see my hands, see my side. I love, love, love that Jesus does not hate our humanity. I love, love, love that Jesus is not dismayed by our doubt, but instead he says, like, I want to give you the proof you need for me to send you out of here. A few verses after this, he encounters. Thomas, who's like, I didn't get to see this side. Show me it. Show me the wounds. Show me the hands. I need to see it, Jesus. And Jesus is not dismayed by that. He is not, dis- he is not frustrated by that. And so I want to just tell you today, church, this is the best news. I am preaching to the choir to get you to sing. I am telling you that it is time we need to be sent out in the power of the Holy Spirit, equipped and empowered by Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. The great news is the starting place for us is not getting better or learning more or mastering up new tricks. It's getting the peace that we need from the God who provides it and getting the proof of Jesus maybe in our actual own struggles. This week, as I was prepping for this message, I just kept going to God and saying, like, you you made me write it, peace and proof. I need you. I need to see you in this. My my friend, she told me about this issue that she's walking through. You made me write that we're going to get to see the peace and proof of Jesus. I need to see your proof in her life right now because she's struggling. This friend that I heard about who's on the ventilator, Jesus, I need to see the peace and proof. Show me how you're going to show up for him. Show me. I want to see. I'm desperate. I'm on my knees. I can't do this on my own. It's okay, this is the greatest news, that if you and I are gonna walk out of here today, I pray in the name of Jesus, sent, equipped, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The trick is that we don't come in here and say like, let me hand you a worksheet about all the things you need to do to get Holy Spirit. We get to come in here and say like, I need peace, and I need proof that you're good. And we get to hold that up with one another and fight for one another. We get to hold up our weaknesses and see his power made perfect in them. We get to hold up our needs to one another for one of us to come and say like, I need rent next week. Or someone to say like, I need healing in this way. Or I need God to show up in this way. And we get to do that together and see Jesus move and then be encouraged and empowered by that. Tell me that's good news to somebody else, right? Tell me that's good news, right? We get to actually just need God together. And that changes us, and then that changes the world. I'm a big fan of him. Number one, we need the peace and proof of Jesus. And those have more meaning in the middle of chaos. This is the good news for us. All right, let's keep going on. I'm going to go back to those passages. Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 
I have the best news. This is best news part two. Everybody, are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, come on. This is, I'm, I'm not, this is not fake. This is not sarcasm. This is great news. We are a world. We are a generation. And when I say generation, I mean everybody alive right now, a little bit harassed and helpless about the meaning and the purpose of our life. We got 13-year-olds and we got 83-year-olds wondering what on earth they were put here for. What am I supposed to do? What's my calling? What's my purpose? Where am I supposed to go? What do I do next? Anybody else feeling this? Yes? Just me? I'm, I, I, I cannot tell you how much I cannot get over the phrase, when I grow up, and how we have now translated that to every single generation. Like, 33-year-olds, I can't wait until I grow up. 43-year-olds, I can't wait until I grow up. 84-year-olds, like, we'll see what happens when I grow up. We are constantly harassed, I believe, by the enemy of our souls that likes to confuse us and make us think that we don't know what we're here for. I don't know what my purpose is. I, I talked, again, I see this so often because I'm a coach, but I talk to people so often who are so sure what God has asked them to do. And two days later, they're like, I don't know. It got hard. I don't know. So here's what I'm saying. You, you cheered for the good news that you were excited about. Nobody has to worry anymore. Nobody has to wonder anymore. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. If you walked in here this morning, you don't have to wonder anymore what your purpose is on earth. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And you have been and will be equipped and empowered to bring the light to the world that's on fire. How you do it, it's kind of up to you. Does it bring God glory? Is it good for other people? Are you good at it? Do you enjoy it? You get to figure that out. Are you a barista? You have been sent. Are you a secretary? You have been sent. Are you a teacher? In Jesus' name, you have been sent. Are you a student? You have been sent. Are you a mom? You have been sent. Are you a boss? You have been sent. Are you a garbage collector? You have been sent. Nobody has to wonder anymore. You have a purpose. You have deep, wild meaning. And guess what? Oh, the world's on fire and you've been sent. Well, what do I do? Because I don't know. Great news. You take the peace and the proof of Jesus. Now, you're going to have to go to the throne room of grace sometimes to get that peace, right? You're going to have to walk up to God and say, I need your peace. Because if the hands and feet of Jesus go out into the world and they are bringing the chaos, it doesn't work as well. We're going to have to bring the peace of Christ. How do I get the peace of Christ? You need the proof of Christ. Okay, how do I get the proof of Christ? Well, you have a problem where you need God to move and you go and you ask him to move in it, and you testify to that, and then you have the proof and the peace of Jesus. Isn't this all the best news? You already have a job. You already have a mission. You already have a role. You already have a purpose, and to fulfill those things, all you need to do is need God, is be weak, be scared, be terrified, be overwhelmed, feel like you could use some help. You guys, this is so great. That's how I feel. Let's keep going. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is some wild and crazy theology that we're going to get into later. But I want to stop right here at this very good news. You have been sent and he has breathed on you. So point one, we need the proof and the peace of Jesus. Point two, you've already been sent. Great news. Point three, receive the Holy Spirit. Now I want to pause right here. Let's shake our heads and like put on another brain because I've been yelling and I need to talk for a second. Everybody with me? I want to pause and tell you about a special opportunity for the people of Bright City, Charleston. Have you ever struggled to live like Jesus in your own context? Do you struggle in having a vision of what it looks like for the church to bring the kingdom into culture? I know I've struggled both of these things. A few years ago, we wrote a curriculum called The Way of the Bright, a creative vision for shining in a dark world. The heart behind this curriculum was to provide the owners of Bright City with a path to order our lives around seven different tenets to help us encounter God and shine in our culture. This fall, for the first time ever, we're offering The Way of the Bright as one of our weekly groups so we can walk through the material together, growing closer to God and growing closer to each other at the same time. This will be an incredible group for all who struggle with having a vision of what it looks like to live like Jesus in our world. This would also be an incredible opportunity for anyone who is new to Bright City or anyone who wants to dive in deeper to this church family. We're hosting the group here at Bright City Church every Monday night for eight weeks starting on September 13th. The groups start at 6.30 p.m. and will wrap up at 8 p.m. And for all those who need it, we'll be offering some amazing children's activities. We're anticipating a fruitful time as we navigate this sacred commitment we can make with one another and God. And I can't wait to see you there. So here's the deal. I love theology. I, I could think about it all the time. I could talk about it all the time. I could talk about the different ways people view God or what they think about God. And there was a season in my life where it was really important to me that I knew like all the right phrases and that I knew all the right things about God and that I understood and could explain scripture really clearly. That was important to me for a long time. And now understanding God rightly really matters to me. That, I mean, that really matters to me. When we understand the character of God, everything changes when we understand his purposes and his word, everything changes. But as time goes by, I wonder if a lot of you guys relate to me. Like, I, I'm a lot more comfortable with a, a lot of the mysteries of God, right? I'm not, um, I'm not looking for him to be an equation anymore. Because 1 plus 2 equals 3 is math. And I want a kingdom God. I want a God that I can't really explain in, like, four numbers. Yeah? Amen? So when it comes to Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit... If you Google it, you'll be in a pit, <laughs> essentially. I mean, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll enjoy it. But um, there's a lot of different theories and theologies and teachings on what it looks like to receive the Holy Spirit. Even this is really interesting that Jesus said in this passage, receive the Holy Spirit. And then right after that, he said, like, wait for the gift that God's going to give you when I leave. 
And then Pentecost happens. Like, it's all very confusing. And so um, at different times in my life, probably for some of you guys too, I've heard different teachings on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or what we need to do to receive the Holy Spirit. Do we receive it at salvation? What does that mean? Are weird things going to happen? Um, and I've just heard all kinds of different things. And so we could take this, like, one route today where I could lay all that out and all of us would walk out of here with a lot of ideas about what a lot of humans think about God. Or we could kind of dial it back and just say the most simple thing that we can about scripture and see what God does. Would you guys be okay if we take that route? I'd like to take that route too. Um, at Bright City, we use two words a lot, especially, especially when we're talking about our teaching or our content, um, that we want to present God in a way that is simple and supernatural. We want to present God in a way that's simple and supernatural because we believe both of those things are true. We don't think that he's um, small or figureoutable, but we do think that he loves our human brains. And so he wants to present some things to us in a way that makes sense for us. And so all that being said, here we have Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit. Later on, Pentecost happens. And, and so I want to break all that down and say, I don't know the equation of how that works. Um, I, don't, I don't have a chart that I could show you and say like, Ta-da! Um, but I also actually really don't believe in that. I don't believe that if we say a certain combination of words that then we'll experience Holy Spirit because then that would be about us and not about God. But we do believe in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the triune God, God Father, God Jesus, God Holy Spirit. And we believe the very good news that we get to experience all three in one in a variety of ways. And so Holy Spirit in scripture really does a lot of different things for believers. Holy Spirit comforts believers. Holy Spirit interprets for believers. Holy Spirit is how we can talk to God. It's why we don't believe some people are good at praying and some people aren't. Holy Spirit does miraculous things for believers, brings healing. Holy Spirit empowers and gives people gifts of the kingdom. Um, we believe Holy Spirit gives wisdom and insight sometimes. Uh, and this is echoed all the way even in the Old Testament. Um, actually, we see Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. At the very beginning of creation, and the Spirit hovered over the water. We see the triune God in the very beginning. But we see this even in Isaiah 30, where Isaiah says, like, and you'll whisper in my ear, and I'll know to go to the left or the right. We believe this is work of Holy Spirit, giving insight and wisdom. Holy Spirit brings reconciliation. Holy Spirit brings supernatural strength. Holy Spirit brings comfort. All of these things that Holy Spirit does. And we just hear Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit. So all that being said, all those words, here's my only thing. I just think that as believers, we get to say, like, am I receiving the work of the Holy Spirit today? Am I making room for the work of Holy Spirit today in my life? Am I, am I asking Holy Spirit to empower me as I do what I do? Am I looking for Holy Spirit? One of my favorite theologians, Charles Spurgeon, says, you don't always get what you want. You will always get what you expect. And I believe so a lot of the experience of the believer is do we expect to see Holy Spirit moving and working in and through us and around us? And if we do, we'll see it. We'll testify to it. It's going to happen whether we notice it or not. It's just for our experience whether or not we notice it and capture it 
and then it leads to the proof and peace of Jesus in our own actual lives. So all that being said, we're ending this series on breath of God, Holy Spirit, and there's a million different things that we could do, and there's a million different things that we really still need to talk about, but I really just want today to be able to end in this experiential way where we all get to receive Holy Spirit again, fresh, whatever that means, and say, we welcome you, we make space for you, we want to see you move in our lives. Does that sound okay to you guys? If you've been here at all, you've heard us say this. This is not our recital. This is our revival. This is not a concert. This is not um, a lecture. This is a place where the people of God experience the person of God. And so um, as we even end today, I want us to just do that together. Now, that being said, here's what I want to just end on. Going back to that coaching session, um, The reason why I love my job so much, the reason why I love getting to do what I do is because it's rare. I don't, I don't go to people and say like, hey, I think you should do this and let me talk you into it. What happens is that when someone comes to me for coaching, I mean, especially when someone is like paying me for coaching and, and coming and asking me for that, it's because they believe this is what I want to do. This is what God's asking me to do. And, and I could use some encouragement in this. I could use some tools in this. And so one of my favorite parts about my job is that um, I, all I'm really doing is agreeing. I call it mirroring. I'm just holding up a mirror in front of them and saying like, is this what you want? Is this what God's asked you to do? This is what you should do in Jesus' name. Is he, is he capable in you? Do you have the gifts? Do you wanna learn? Are you humble? All right, this is all you have to do. It's, it's not me talking them into it. And so as I say that, as we end and as the worship team comes and we just maybe in some, in some prayer today, um, I want to just remind you that like, again, right now, I just want you to imagine um, instead of seeing me that you see a mirror. And the coolest thing about the kingdom and the coolest thing about Holy Spirit is that if you can picture that mirror, I want you to know that the reflection you see won't be like what you believe about your capacity but will be what you believe about God. And what's even cooler about the Holy Spirit, what's even cooler about God and the kingdom um, is that sometimes even our perception of God is so much smaller, but he still gives us so much more back. So really when you look here, I want you to picture a wild magic mirror, like think a Disney show or something. You know what I'm saying? Maybe more like Harry Potter. I'm sorry, I just referenced Harry Potter in a sermon about the Holy Spirit. Sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> I love our church. Thank you, guys. Um, I want you to picture a mirror where you look and you don't just see, like, what you have. And you don't see, like, just your level of belief. But you actually see God. Because all of these things, like, if the Son has set you free, if by grace through faith you believe in Jesus, this is in you. He is in you, and it's actually not your capacity or your level of knowledge or your belief or your past experience or your past sin or your present sin that chains or contains him, because he can't be. 
When we look into this wild kingdom mirror and say, like, I want to see Holy Spirit, I want to receive, we're going to get so much more than we even bargain for. We're going to get so much more than we can pay for on our own. We're going to get all of God. And in a season like this, when the world feels like it's on fire, in a season like this, when chaos abounds, in a season like this, when pain and tension and strife are everywhere, it feels like such an important time for the people of God, for the family of God to say, like, hold on. We don't want to just keep mirroring back this same chaos and dissonance and tension to the world because we're gonna, we have a choice. Like we can walk out today and just every loud thing that they yell about how busted it all is, we can get just as loud and say like, yeah, it's even worse than you knew. Or we can go out and say like, we are taking the peace and the proof and the spirit of God with us. The commissioning of Jesus Christ himself who said the Father sent me and now I am sending you. We can really put down even some of our own tools and our own capacity and our own belief in ourselves, and pick up the empowering and equipping work of Holy Spirit God in ourselves. Does that sound like something you guys want to do? Sounds like something I want to do. If it's good for you, will you stand up? We're just going to do some praying to kick off our response time. I'm going to just pray through a few different things. And if, um, if any of these feel like something you need to receive, I'm going to just invite you to just raise your hand. If you feel like you need to receive all of them, you know in the name of Jesus, that's welcome here. Father, I just want to pray for my friends right now who maybe say, like, I don't have the peace or the proof of Jesus because I don't walk with God. I don't know God. I don't, I don't, I've not done this thing before. For any of my friends who are saying, like, maybe I've been in church, maybe I've heard about Jesus, maybe I've heard about God, but I don't, I don't know him like that, and I want to know him like that. If any of you feel like you're just saying like today it might be an actual marker where I where I get the, the first hit of the peace and proof of Jesus because I say yes to being in a relationship with him. Would you just raise your hand right now so we can pray with you and celebrate with you? And we just agree that no one's ever too late for this. That this is always right on time. for any of my friends who have said, you know what, um, I, I, I know Jesus, I walk with God, I have walked with God before, but I have been wandering around being the absolute opposite of the peace and proof of Jesus, or maybe I just haven't taken advantage of what he has to offer. Maybe I'm realizing like I've let the world rub off on me and I've, I've been more convinced of, of the fire than I have been of the faithful God who is holding it all. And if you if you just say like, I want that, I want the peace and proof of Jesus again in my life. And would you just raise your hand right now so I can just pray with you and for you. In Jesus' name, thank you God. We, we say yes, like we need this. We need this reminder. Holy Spirit, would you just empower
empower my friends right now. You, we pour grace, grace, grace over them. We say shame off of you. You are right on time. Today's the absolute right day. We say thank you that you let us change our minds. Thank you that there's refreshment after repentance. We want to be the peace and proof of Jesus. We want to get the peace and proof of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would flood my friends with supernatural peace right now. A wild hope. A wild vision. God, give them a word. Give them a picture. Give them something to hold on to when they walk out of here. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, God. I thank you for what you're giving my friends. Amen. Thank you, God. Next, I want to pray for any of us who have just said, like, I lost, I lost my calling. I lost my sense. I, no one's ever told me that I already have a purpose. No one's ever told me that I've been sent. I've been wandering. I've been trying to find my place. Or maybe I knew that I was sent, but then it didn't go well. But I, I want to say yes to Jesus, looking me in the eye and saying, the Father has sent me, and so I send you. And so if, it, if this is any of you guys, will you just pray? I just want to pray over you to feel the commissioning power of Jesus who is sending you where you already are with what you already have and so much more. God is mighty in you. We agree over you. God is mighty in you. He will empower you. He will give you words. We pray this week that you would see a different experience in the way that you love, in the way that you go into your places, that you would have new insight, new wisdom, new vision, new encouragement, new hope. And we don't we don't even slightly pretend that you're going to have a perfect week. So God, we just pray even that as the hard days come, as the difficult moments come, that you would remind us in the name of Jesus that we're still sent, that this one big question is off the table. Give us the peace. Give us the proof of Jesus. Now I'm going to just pray for a smattering of different things that I believe Holy Spirit wants to give us today. If any of these resonate with you at all, throw your hands up, get weird, get wild. This is your revival. This is your moment to meet with God. Holy Spirit, some of us need comfort. We are sad. We are struggling with despair or depression, and we need supernatural healing and help. Father, some of us are struggling with defeat and the lie that it's always going to be this way. Holy Spirit, we need you to come and show us that you are constantly doing a new thing in the people of God. Holy Spirit, some of us need healing in our physical bodies. We throw our hands up. We don't even really know what this means, and we don't even know how you can do it, but we need your help. We need your healing in our bodies. If that's you, will you throw a hand up? We want to pray for you. Yeah. I want to pray for any of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit in the form of new spiritual gifts or maybe a resurgence of old spiritual gifts that you put down. If that's you, will you just hold your hands up? God, our gracious, our gracious and generous giver, we do not believe, we break ties with the agreement in Jesus' name that any of us wouldn't have a gift or that we wouldn't have a good gift. We believe that you are generous and the gifts that you give us are about you and are about your glory and the good of others and we receive them. We receive them with the intention to use 
them. Tell me if somebody needed to hear that. We receive your gifts with the intention to use them. We even break ties with the idea of a waiting season because we believe that you are consistently using your kids to change the world. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive spiritual gifts today. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive the gifts of prophecy. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive the gifts of healing. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive the gifts of teaching. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive the gifts of serving and exhortation. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive the gifts of mercy. It's in the name of Jesus that we receive whatever kind of gift you want to give us. We're not going to hold back from using them because that is not humility. I want to pray for any of my friends who need to receive Holy Spirit in the form of reconciliation of broken relationships. If that's you, will you hold your hands up? We don't always understand your word, God. We understand in part. One day we're going to understand in full. But that last little passage, you say that if we forgive them, some supernatural forgiveness also occurs for them. And and we know that that grace also wells up in us. Holy Spirit, will you help us in the name of Jesus, something that can only happen by the power of God. Will you help us to forgive the people who have hurt us? receive the forgiveness that you are giving us for our sin and our part in the conflict that needs reconciliation. Would you help us to walk in the freedom and the grace? Even this is what Holy Spirit does for us. Gives us a clean heart. Gives us pure hands. Gives us a second start. Holy Spirit, would you do the work of reconciliation in our hearts? Would it echo out into our relationships. Lastly, I want to just pray for any of my friends who need to see Holy Spirit move in a supernatural way in their physical needs this week. Will you help us to believe that you don't just work in our hearts? you don't just work in our minds, that you don't just work in the air, but that you are a good, generous, concrete God. Would you help us to put aside our our disbelief and would you help us to stop just seeing our capacity, our human capacity, when we look in this spiritual mirror, would you help us to see your goodness, your power, your mercy, your capacity, and would you move in these ways in our life? this week. For those of you who have just a physical way you need to see God move this week, you just hold up your hands and we agree with you in the name of Jesus. We agree with you in the name of Jesus. God, we want to give you all the glory when you do only you can do. Okay, we're going to continue response time since that was the beginning of response time. Here's how we respond at Bright City. We pray. So if you need to talk to somebody about any of this, if you just need to go back and say to somebody like, agree with me, pray with me, there's a team of people who would like to pray with you in the back. We can actually keep this going. We expect that it might get a little loud. It might get a little weird. You might actually hear people talking. That's good. That's beautiful. That's the family of God. 
So please get the prayer that you need. People in the back would love to pray with you. We worship, we go after God. Some of what we're gonna do as we worship is gonna just be to seal in these things that we hope he's gonna do to say like, I don't even know what this means. I don't even know if I can believe it, but I'm gonna just say true things with you in my mouth. I'm gonna put obedience and truth in my mouth so that my spirit will hopefully agree as I walk out of here. If this is your church, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be generous. And so you can do that through giving. That also is a Holy Spirit activity where we relinquish what's ours and say, this was actually God's to begin with. I'm gonna give it all back to him. And we also take communion, which even though it's just a small plastic cup with a little bit of juice and a strange little wafer, is a wildly supernatural and simple act where we agree that it was the body and blood of Jesus that purchased our capacity to do any of this. Amen? Amen. Let's respond to God. Thanks for listening into Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, Let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.